This is Self Startup. Well, hello there. Welcome to Self Startup. This is a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who have taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. You can see me play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and I'm also a dispute resolution specialist. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go over to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly, as well as anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Trina Collins, who's the owner of Anchors Away Art Studio, which is a full-functioning artist studio located in the heart of Wollongong. And it doesn't only cater as a space for artists to experiment and learning, but it also facilitates a number of workshops, provides art services such as screen printing, digital design, murals, and heaps of other stuff. And it also has its own art supply shop set up to ensure that artists in the area are fully equipped to produce their own work. Trina's got a long history as a critically acclaimed artist working under the name Poncho Army and at one point was an artist in residence for the Wollongong City Art Gallery. And it was during this time where Trina made the decision to branch out and start her own business. In the past, she'd been working in a number of traditional jobs and it got to a point where she really wanted to see whether she could continue to earn a living as an artist and not have to go back to a job that could potentially be unfulfilling. Now several years on, the art studio has grown at its own pace and it's captured a loyal following through word of mouth and Trina's passion for art. And the incremental and organic approach of building the business really feeds into that grassroots, authentic artist lifestyle that complements the whole purpose of Anchors Away. It is a slow burn, but it's a sustainable slow burn, which means that Trina gets to do what she loves every day and best of all, make some money from it. As always, you can check out everything that we discuss in this episode in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au, including my key takeaways, which will come later on. But for now, please enjoy this really, really cool chat with Trina Collins of Anchors Away Art Studio. I'm Trina Collins, and I run Anchors Away Art Studio in Wollongong. So Anchors Away Art Studio, we teach uh, workshops, for kids, teens and adults, I paint murals. So I've travelled all around Australia painting murals, mostly for different councils. And I do screen printing and graphic design as well. I was looking on your website and it when, when you first contacted me and I was looking through all the information, what, what I first saw and the impression I got was that it was just like an art supply shop and that was about it. And then when I dug deeper, I thought, oh, geez, it's like a whole bunch of different things that fall under the umbrella of, of the name of the business. Yeah, there sure is. Um, I guess it's Wollongong sort of a uh, hard place to make a living off doing art. So I found that having multiple different skills, like, you know, there isn't always going to be mural work available. Um, so, yeah, when those jobs come along that's awesome but usually when I've got a bit of a lull in that world I can take on some graphic design work or I can teach a few more workshops just add them to the curriculum for that term um so yeah I've got always got something on the go um and yeah just I can pick and choose sometimes when when you get those odd periods where it's raining and you you sort of get an all the work coming in, I can go, well, which one do I really want to work on? So that's a bit of a luxury at those times. I was going to say, there's pros and cons to, to having that sort of freelance uh, type of lifestyle. 
Yeah, there definitely is pros and cons to it. Um, like, yeah, it's sort of a bit of a week to week or month to month kind of going, all right, I've got nothing on coming up in the next month and you start to get a bit worried. But yeah, like you'll think that and then something will come through like that afternoon, a big job and it's like, okay, cool. That'll keep me going for the next week or so. Yeah, just sort of has rolled on like that for the past five years now. So So before the the business itself got up and running what what were you doing mm-hmm. beforehand because i know that you've got a bit of a bit of history when it comes to your art personally um but what, yep. was, what were you doing beforehand and i guess that sort of moment where you decided to create this brand create this business well the year before i had anchors away art studio i was the artist in residence at wollongong city gallery so with that i I give you a free studio space for 12 months to make a series of work that you then have an exhibition, a three-month exhibition at the City Gallery for. So I'd probably say this, like, creatively was the best year of my life. Mm. You didn't have to stress about having to pay rent on a studio. Um, They give you a small stipend for materials like it's it's quite small but it definitely helps uh, with purchasing materials to get started and yeah it's just sort of that kind of no stress you could be creative and immerse yourself and not have to run run off and go to work later in the afternoon you could just like go all right I'm getting into the zone and nothing has to take me out of that zone which it's that was you know just such a amazing feeling to be able to have um we're about six months into that i was just like this is gonna end like this is gonna end real soon what am i gonna do and um because the type of work i do like screen printing and spray painting i didn't sort of fit into going to the shared studio spaces mm. um, they're usually quite small open plan people don't want spray paint dust and fumes in their spaces so I was like oh I need to get a warehouse and how can I um, afford to do that and that's when I started like teaching the workshops as part of the residency and going no one's teaching teenagers and there was absolutely no one who was doing teenage art workshops at the time on an ongoing basis sort of in the heart of the Wollongong area so I thought, oh, there's a market there. Let's see what I can do. So the workshops were – was because that was one of the questions I was going to have is what actually came first when it comes to this business? So, And I thought maybe mm-hmm. the, the the supply aspect, the art supply part would have come first, but it was actually the workshops in a different location that sort of kicked you into that uh, into that next chapter. Yeah, for sure. Um, like the art supply thing was actually just one of those – things where I had to get supplies in for the workshop and to sort of get them wholesale you had to be a retail business and there wasn't really any retailers in my area that stocked the products that I wanted so I thought oh maybe like I'll just have this little niche business and it still is pretty niche but we have lots of different spray paint brands and screen cleaning supplies um, so people can come in and got a variety rather than maybe going to the one art shop that might be, you know, in the 200-kilometre radius around the Illawarra and going, oh, they've only got that one brand. So, 
yeah, we don't have heaps of other art supplies. It's really just um, spray paint and screen printing supplies. But, yeah, those people who are into us um, know where to come. So <laughs> word just sort of gets around Good. naturally about the place. Yeah, definitely. And, I, I mean, I guess just from what you said, it's, you know, you needed you needed this these materials yourself and then you've sort of realised that, well, you know, while I'm doing it, I may as well use this as a part of my business and, and sell them to other people. And, and because it's kind of niche as well, it's it's good in a way because it's a lot more focused. You just don't have this general art supply shop that has all sorts of different things and people get lost in the noise. It's it's pretty it's pretty point on with exactly what you're selling. So it you know, in yeah. some ways it, it can appeal to to people a lot easier because there's no uh, it's it's just clear exactly what, what you're offering. Exactly. And, you know, if I get called up and someone wants me to come paint a mural, I've, you know, got every colour under the sun here in the shop. So I can just like pull the colours off the shop and go, sweet, load them in the van and go and paint the mural. I don't have to order online and then wait for the courier to come because they can't just ship them with Australia Post because it's very paint. Um, So, yeah, sometimes you could be waiting a couple of weeks before the paint arrived and, yeah, having the shop and everything here, it's, it's very handy. <laughs> and are you, because you mentioned the warehouse and you also mentioned the shop, is it, mm-hmm. on, is it on the one location or do you have two separate locations that you run the business out of? No, it's, it's the one location. I still refer to it as a warehouse because the first premises was a real open plan warehouse with the big roller door, double height, and I converted the small office into the shop at the old space Um, and the new space that I'm in it's a lot more functional so there is a warehouse part out the back and then there's a big um, enclosed air condition space where we run sort of the sit-down workshops and I've got the screen printing gear and then at the front of that it sort of um, does a u-turn into the shop Mm. Um, so yeah everything's got its own place here but it's heaps easier to keep clean we've got a backyard which um, we've got big spray paint walls out so students can go and practice out in the backyard different techniques and stuff as part of the workshops definitely helps having it in a centralized location as well because i i I did a little bit of uh googling on the addresses to see exactly where it was and i recognized church (laughs) street anyway and i thought oh that's yeah it's a popular street and yeah and yeah and smack bang in the middle of wollongong so it's easy to get to and you know obviously from a familiar point of view um it would it'd be very easy access for most people in in that area to to come and find you yeah yeah we're we are like um one of sort of those battle acts blocks where we're the warehouse out the back where there's um like another little house that's been converted to offices in the front so we're sort of yeah just down the driveway and out the back so we're kind of hidden but on a main road so it's kind of best of both worlds i guess yeah well absolutely what going back to when you're sort of going through that transition of well i'm going to start mm-hmm. running some workshops out of um the existing space where you had this 12 month uh, opportunity what were some of the yep. challenges that you had taking that step out of that 12-month contract that you had and then sort of going into the, the big, dark, scary world of, of oh, geez, I've got, to, I've got to create something or keep this going in a way that works for me? What were some of those challenges that you had? Uh, there were so many challenges. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I remember that the first year of running Anchors Away, uh, I went from the best year of my life to possibly the worst year of my life. 
I um I saw like there was a market for um what I wanted to do, but it's really hard to get word out when you haven't got money to have a whole marketing campaign and get the word out there. Like I previously before doing the residency I worked for Fairfax for almost ten years. So I know about marketing and advertising and what it can do, but it was sort of at a point even with newspapers that no one was really reading it and that's how my whole team got made redundant at Fairfax was because they had to cut staff because mm. you know, they weren't making the money. So um, it's kind of like, well, paying 600 bucks to put a tiny little ad in a newspaper no one's reading anymore, just that that was a huge amount of money for a sole trader business who's coming off the back of just making artwork for a year. Um, so, yeah, it was all word of mouth. And, like, at first I didn't want to teach little kids. I wanted to teach teenagers and adults. But... I was getting a few calls, especially from my friends who had like five-year-olds around the time saying, oh, would you teach my kid? Like, And so I was running workshops, I think, for almost the first year for like two kids in an age group that I really wasn't overly keen on. It's sort of <laughs> doing more craft stuff when they're five. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, what am I doing? This isn't even covering the materials each term. But I sort of was like, oh, I've got to get the word out there. Like, these kids go to school and tell their friends that, hey, I'm doing this art class and it's awesome that I might get a few more students next term. And that's sort of what it was doing. And um, I was getting, like, a few more each term. But I remember that first year, I was just counting down the months until my lease was up. I only signed a one-year lease the first year um, just to see how it would all pan out and I was just like okay I've got like six months left I've got five months left <laughs> and then sort of at the three month point where you had to make the decision of if you're gonna like renew your lease things started to pick up so it sort of took that nine months and then word got out and I was starting to break even not lose money and I was like okay all right I'll give this another year and yeah it was like a different, it was a different type, well, a different type of countdown, wasn't it, compared to the, that first twelve-month opportunity that you had working on your own stuff and going, oh yeah. God, I've only got six months left, and then going into that next period, it's like I'm counting it down now, and so it's a different, a different type of pressure coming from a different area. But I mean, what was before things started to pick up in that sort of that last, you know, three months. What, what was in the back of your head as far as you know when you're going through that countdown of I've only got you know. You know, luckily I've only got six months left of my of my lease. Were you thinking oh, I'm just going to go back and do something a little bit more mundane and boring? Did you have like a game plan of yeah. like you're just going to pivot and go elsewhere? <laughs> um, I I had like every thought go through my head of maybe I can just go back and work at Coles like I did when I was a teenager. Um, it was just sort of thinking of. I would just do any job so I don't have this stress. Like I just, there was a point where it's so stressful and a point where you feel like you might lose your house mm. and things like that. And it's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Um, but yeah, I think I'm really glad that I didn't throw in the towel. Um, but I never got myself into debt. Either. I never got out of business loan 
And I think if I initially did get a business loan and had to pay that back with that first year of just having to pay the rent on the premises and the public liability and the bills and all of the insurances and everything, I think I would have like definitely had to throw in the towel if I had got out a business loan on top of it. But um, yeah, I'm very glad yeah. I involved the business as the money came in. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's a really interesting point because, I mean, when you talk, well, it depends on who you talk to and, and whether they're a, a glass half full or half empty type of personality. But, yeah. you know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that um, have a pessimistic look on people that go out there and create their own business or are self-employed because they talk about the statistics of so many people that don't get past their first year or two um, and then yeah. go back to, you know, your traditional employment. And probably a lot of it uh -huh. is exactly what you said. You know, people go in too hard too quickly. They take on too much debt uh, and the, res yeah. the the pressure and the responsibilities are so high when usually in those first few years, you're not really expecting a great deal of return. You've, it's a, like it's a slow burn. So for, for you to sort of, you know, make that decision, whether it was conscious or not at the time where you just sort of went, you know, I'm going to just ease into this and take on small responsibilities as far as, you know, your costs and keeping your overheads low. I mean, that's, that's in hindsight now, it's, as you said, it's saved you. Yeah, no, it was definitely thought out. It was definitely a plan. Uh, there, was de there was things like screen printing, for instance, where it was something that I knew I could probably make money from, but there's so much equipment involved and set up, especially when you're, teaching it to a group of people and so there was a lot of expense with teaching screen printing from the get-go and I was like all right I'm not gonna invest in getting the equipment to teach on a workshop level until I can start getting money in from other things and that was the same as with the art supplies as well it was really just bare bones um, and then that sort of grew the art supply side of things would take on another brand of spray paint and would add in like more of the screen printing supplies as as the business evolved and yeah we could have sort of afford to do a bigger order each time and yeah it's um it, it's a very very smart way of approaching it because you know a lot of people it's a patience game isn't it because a lot of people want to get the the acknowledgement and uh, you know the, the the response from you know the community and and from customers and be able to show the success yeah. that you're doing, especially when you've got these grand plans and these dreams of, of what you want to do and where you see yourself. And people want these things really quickly. So, for you oh, to, definitely, yeah, for you to understand and then sort of go, well, as I get money in, then I will build towards, you know, upgrading or extending or adding to, to what I'm doing, whether it be stock or equipment or, you know, your premises and, and all these different things. So it, it can be tough at times because things might not seem to be moving as quickly as you'd like, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a very smart and safe way of, of approaching it. Yeah, definitely. I think if, yeah, I ran out and got like a hundred thousand dollar loan or something at the start to buy all the equipment that I wanted to and like get a shop filled with art supplies. I think, yeah, I, I don't know where I'd be today. I don't think the business would have survived so early on. Yeah. Um, I think the organic approach, especially for art, is really beneficial. All my customers, I wouldn't say all, but I'm probably going to say around 90% at least, 
come here through word of mouth. They know someone who's come here and recommended it either for workshop, screen printing, for mural painting or artworks or the art supplies. Everyone comes in and is like, oh, blah, blah, sent me. They recommended you. They've said your workshops are the best. The kids absolutely love them. And you can't beat that. Like, no paying for a $1,000 ad in a little magazine or something is going to give you that credential of what someone who's actually been here can give you, I think. Especially where now people are getting attacked left, right and centre with uh, all sorts of noise and demands, whether it be on their phones or on, you know, their computers yeah. or on TV or just signs and out and about and the amount of information that we're taking in consciously and unconsciously for somebody to be able to convince you that something's a good idea, it can be really tough. So, you know, to yeah, have somebody yeah. We've, that, we've learnt, yeah, we've learned how to just um, zone ads out on the television. We've learned how to do it. If ads pop up on the website, you just scroll past them. Like you don't ever really look at them. You just go, oh, I know that's an ad. And if you know you're reading a story, to say on one of the newspaper websites, you probably have scrolled past three or four ads. You get to the end, and someone asks you, "What ads did you scroll past?" You probably wouldn't be able to oh, remember no one of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> no way at all. But I mean, I guess that's, yeah, and it's a great thing. And I think people are, well, I think some people are switched on and, and understand it. But I think there's still a lot of people, especially people that have run their own businesses for quite a number of years going into the decades where that was just the way that you would advertise and get your name out there. And it used to work really well. And, and I think now yeah. it's Cause um, everyone read the newspaper. That's right. It was a, such a community thing to do. And yeah, yeah. not so much anymore. <laughs> well, that's right. And I think now there's a trust factor as well that comes into play where if you've got somebody that's close to you that you've got a relationship with, whether it be friend, family, or you know, someone that you work with, and they're talking about something that, that they can uh, vouch for, then that cuts through the noise because you're listening to that person. You're more attentive to the information that they're giving. And there's a reassurance there that, you know, especially when you're about to spend some money, that, um, yeah. you know, there's a little bit more transparency or understanding of what you're about to you spend your money on. So the word of mouth thing is... I mean, it's always talked about and everyone everyone refers to it, but it's it's something that is still very underrated in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, people will always trust the advice that the community gives them, their close friends, their family, over something that they read, you know, in a magazine or see an ad on the television. Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The small community is, if you can make a community around your business or become part of a community. We've definitely got other businesses that we deal with closely. Um, like for instance, I print all the merchandise for Tumbleweed, um, one of the bands up here who have been running for years and they know other bands who they send to me and it sort of becomes this little network of people who know each other and yeah, we've, I've done bags for the retro shop that's recently opened in the past year up here and stuff. And like, you know, I shop there cause I love retro furniture and Dan will get me to print her bags and stuff for her here. And it's sort of like this kind of trading on some element. Sometimes, you know, there might be a bit of money involved, but sometimes they're like, Oh, you know, I really wanted that lamp in your shop anyway. I'll um, do the next 50 bags as a, <laughs> a freebie for this or a swap, you know, and yeah, it's, it, it's nice having that 
sort of environment and that community around you. Definitely. And and if you've got the, the connection with people around you, especially like-minded people, then, you know, you, the longevity of your business is, is there because, you know, you've got that, that backing and that support where people want to to help you succeed and, and vice versa for, for them as well. So it's um, it's something yeah. that, uh, you know, if you're not a, if you're not a social creature, it can be, it can be quite difficult, but um, there's definitely a lot of value in just uh, being open and, and, uh, and communicating with the people that are, that are close to you, your, your neighbors, so to speak. Definitely. I am 100% an introvert. And so marketing and putting my word out in the public, it's really hard for me to do. I don't really like talking about business when I, if I go out, like we played at yours and ours on the weekend, my band was playing there and I could have gone up to all the other bands backstage and was like, Hey, if you need t-shirts screen printed, I can do them for you. But I can't do that. I'm not that person at all. Like I'm like, Hey, good show. That was sweet. <laughs> so how, did, so how yeah, would you combat that? I can't that? push my business. How would you get Sorry? around? How would you combat that? Like, how would you get? Like, what do you do to get around that? Is that something more where you I, do it I have Instagram? Extra and... friends who <laughs> will talk me up for me. <laughs> oh, that's the way to go. Absolutely. I mean, it's a way around it and surrounding yourself yeah, with, yeah. with different personalities who can who can vouch for you and and it goes back to that word of mouth, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, as an introvert, I heavily rely on my extrovert friends to you know get the word of mouth out there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so you, you're a few years in and seem to be doing all sorts of things and adding to the repertoire of services and, and things that you supply for people that, you know, find an interest and have an interest in a, in a part of that field. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are the current challenges that you have now? I mean, what's, what's one of the things that you're struggling with? Is there, is there anything from a growth point of view or anything that you sort of, that's changed recently that you're sort of going, oh, this is a, this is a current challenge and it's different to what I what I would have had to experience yeah, earlier in the piece? Definitely um, new challenges arise. Um, and generally kind of each couple of years, it's like, oh, now that's happening. Um, I guess like at the moment, um, I said originally there wasn't sort of anyone catering workshops to teenagers. There's heaps of places now that do them and quite like large establishment so I won't say their name mm. um, who I think have probably looked at what I've been doing here and going oh she's making a living from it maybe we can you know change our age like they might have just taught adults before and now they're doing teenagers or some of the ones that just done like little kids and now going oh maybe we could do teenagers and adults um, yeah we've got more competition more people going oh maybe I could run workshops as well. Um, so just that on general, there's more people um, doing, I guess, what we're, what I'm trying to do here, um, which, you know, you kind of expect. It's kind of like Wollongong started with one little cocktail bar, the Otis Bar, a few years ago. I think now we've got about 50, um, <laughs> which is it's pretty insane. Yeah. And it's the same with the spray paint um, and stuff like that. There weren't many shops that had them before and now like office works as just an example has um really expanded on their art supplies and yeah so you can get a certain brand of spray paint there that we stock now and they'll deliver and they'll beat any price by five percent it's really what bunny's done to the hardware man and mm. 
So the art shops are starting to get that now with the big box shops who can order so much product, you will never be able to beat their price. And then they'll also undercut whatever you put on it to the customers. So, yeah, you, you sort of got to keep being flexible. And I think because I can do the graphic design and the screen printing and all this, like, you know, I definitely do not rely on um, shop sales. There's no way I could run a business just relying on the shop sales here. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what you said right at the start where, <clears throat> having a number of different things that you're involved with and that you offer keeps keeps you going, keeps it moving because you can lean on each one as things uh, increase in with, with workload and opportunities and when other things dry up or slow down, then you can pivot and move. Yeah, yeah. And, but and you don't have to actually give anything up either. Yeah, it definitely keeps it interesting as well. It's like what I'm doing today or tomorrow it's probably going to be vastly different to what I'm going to be working on next week. Um, so that's, that's always nice. Like I teach drums as well. So I've got a soundproof music room here. I teach a drum group each week and a couple of students and stuff. So that's another thing that I do. And yeah, it's, yeah, there's always something on the go, something different. And you just have to keep increasing yeah, the skill, the skill set. <laughs> keep finding, keep finding new things to get good at, and then just <laughs> monetize and teach more. <laughs> well, people. drums is where it all started. I was originally a drummer before any of the other creative stuff. So I've been drumming now for twenty five years. So yeah. yeah, really good. And now, I mean, I think you know you looking online and looking at your website, and you've got all your social media pages. I think from what I can see, you know social media is important to you to a degree and obviously gets you connected with people. And I notice, like even just little things, like when you look at your opening hours on your websites, Monday to Friday, but then you talk about the flexibility of weekends and then directing people to your Instagram page. And then you'll just as week, yeah, week yeah. on week updating people as they go. Have you found that having sort of the well, probably Instagram more so than, than Facebook, but both of them uh, combined, do you find that there's been benefit to you as far as getting word out there, getting information out there to people? Yeah, for sure. Like with my job, because I run this place just by myself, um, if I get, like last week I was teaching a full-day workshop at Performing Arts High up here for um, a year nine class doing a mural. So, like, what the school can afford to pay me, I'd probably have to sell a thousand cans of spray paint in the shop that day to sort of even come close to that. Mm. And, like, I could sit in here some days and not get a single customer. Mm. So I have to be able to close the shop when jobs like that come up. And um, most of my customers now have learnt, yeah, look on Instagram or send me a text before they come in just to make sure that I'm here. Um but yeah, like I, I definitely try and open the shop as many days as I can, usually six days a week. I mean, it's, it's really good having, I guess, using Instagram in that way because of the, uh, the, the inconsistent nature and inconsistent is not the right word, but the inconsistent nature of what you do and the, inf the, you know, the changes of, of work coming in and you having to have that flexibility of getting out there and doing other stuff and prioritizing things. Yeah for people to be able to understand that and then they can follow you, you know, on social media where they can get updates. And then obviously you've got contact details there as well. Um, would you yeah. ever, would you ever think you might not be in the, in the position now, but would you, would you ever think of having somebody 
that comes in and, and basically sits around all day when, when you're off doing your, your bigger jobs that can just keep <laughs> the place open for you? Um, oh, at, the, at this point, I wouldn't be able to afford it to yeah. have someone just to sit in here and um, sell out supplies. Like we usually get a couple of customers a day, but over a 10-hour day, it's not going to cover the cost. Mm. Um, but yeah, like also, as I said, like I'm an introvert, like put my head down, get into, if, like I'm doing artwork at the moment to go in um, the city gallery exhibition that's coming up. If I had someone in the shop, you just sort of feel like you've got to talk to them if someone's <laughs> in your space. And I'm for someone who likes to zone out, like I'm watching Friday Night Lights while I'm painting, you know, it's, <laughs> and I don't want to have to manage people and wages and you sort of, once you become a boss, I think you lose a lot of the creative aspects. Like I don't want to be the art director. I want to be the artist, the designer, the person who's making the thing, not telling people what to do and how to do it. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, having having the awareness as well, because I think some people get themselves into a hole really quickly because they don't understand where where their comfort is or where their strengths are as well. And, and for yeah. you to understand that. And if you can create like you have this business that is sustainable and works with the infrequency or the, or the inconsistency of, of different things coming in and you having to sort of sometimes shut up shop or change your hours. If that works, then more power to you. And I guess it's only when it gets to a point where things become a challenge for you that you might have to sort of look at other, other alternatives, but if it works, then, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I'm definitely not someone who is trying to make a business that's going to take over the world or even take over the Illawarra. That's definitely not my plan. And um, I know a lot of people go in with businesses and say, we want to have, you know, make this business successful in the first year and in three years we're going to have five locations and all of this. I have no desire to do any of that. I just want to make a living for myself and provide a great quality service, whether it's, painting a mural or selling you some screen printing inks. Um, that's all I want to do. And, yeah, just be able to live comfortably um, doing that. I don't have to make a massive name for myself. I don't need Anchor's Way Art Studio to become Big Fat Smile or something like that. It's, yeah, I've, I just want to do my own thing. Like sometimes I have this dream of just wanting to go and be on what is it, Prince Edward Island, where um, <laughs> Anne of Green Gables was filmed. I'm like, why can't everyone just have their shop? Their little shop where they just run it themselves. They might have one or two employees. Everyone gets on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and... I've got this real old, I grew up on a farm. I, I grew up just outside Berry on a farm. So I've got this real like community, know your neighbours sort of thing going on. And, yeah, I find it really weird when some businesses open and they just want to smash all the little people who have, you know, been working hard for a long time. And, yeah, that, that upsets me. <laughs> but I think it's it's interesting now because, I mean, yes, there's there's some really – I mean, it's been like this for a long time where you've got the big sort of corporate businesses that come in and, and really cause a lot of a lot of problems for, for your sort of, you know, stereotypical mum and pop shop. But um, – yeah. You know, I think I think now with people understanding 
or getting an understanding of what the opportunities are, just having an internet connection alone. Um, I think mm -hmm. there's more and more people that are taking a very careful and soft approach with understanding how they can make money on the side or, or creating a little business from the back room of their house or in the shed or something yeah. like that. And all those people that have worked the horrible job that they hate and they've done it for years, but on the weekends they they do something creative and something that they love, suddenly getting to a point where going, oh, I can actually probably make just a little bit of money on the side and do something. And for other people, it's like, well, I could probably actually turn this into something where I don't have to, I can actually do something that I love to do on a full-time basis, make enough money yeah. that I can survive and live the lifestyle that I want. And I don't have to dominate and I don't have to go and, uh, you know, have these, have a huge success and be recognized nationally or internationally as a, as a successful business owner. It's just, I can, I can live the way that I want and do the things that I, I love to do. And I think that's, I think it's far more attainable now than it ever has been before. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I've got like no, um, want for the four day work week sort of thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are like, yeah, we'll get it to a point where other people just manage it for us and we'll just work four days a week because we're the owners. It's like, no, I just, I like working. I don't know what I'd do because I'm, I guess I'm in that luxury where my work is what my hobby would be for a, a most part, maybe not cleaning the toilet after the kids have been here, but, you know. <laughs> pros and cons, pros and cons. <laughs> pros and cons, pros and cons. But, yeah, getting to paint and um, paint murals and even like screen printing band T-shirts. I love screen printing band T-shirts. It's it's fun, and then like I get to see people walking down the street and go, "Ha ha! I printed that T-shirt." It's, I mean, you you nail it on the head when when you're doing something that you love to do. It yes, it is work because it's creating an income for you, but it's not really work in the traditional sense. And I think, you know, those people that are that are striving to build something up so they can step back and allow other people to run it for them are usually driven. They're not by, there's by no, money. Yeah, that's right. And the, and the passion's not there for the actual business or the function or whatever it is. It's more about the success of creating a successful business and that's it. And they'll go off and do something else that they, they enjoy doing. But for, for many of us, we just want to be able to just do what we love to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and if we can make money off it, then that's, that's fantastic. And so then you'll work at any time of the day, you'll work on any day. It doesn't really matter because it, it's, it's great no matter what, what you do. So, um, I think people have just got to change the way that they look at approach everything in general, but especially when it comes to employment that, um, yeah, you can, you can do it. You can do it and do something that you enjoy to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of people are forced into the situation now. People are really finding it hard to find full-time jobs. It's, you know, sort of contract jobs. Um, definitely a high um, thing up in Wollongong at the moment and, university staff is fighting for secure jobs and I've got friends who have been working at the uni for over 10 years and they're still on a six-month contract, six-month contract and they've got to start thinking like well if next term we only get three days a week what am I going to do on the other two days and some of them are trying to get more into um, doing their creative craft and trying to find ways to make money from that just as that little extra bit of income. It's, um, yeah, being a, being flexible and being able to deal with, with the changes that are happening around us and a lot of stuff that's outside of our control. So it's like when when something goes wrong, what how can we turn it into an opportunity? So for, 
you know, suddenly yeah. if you've got an extra uh, extra day up your sleeve, then maybe that's that could be a, you know, a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened to me. Like, we went into the boardroom, and my whole team was probably getting made redundant. And, yeah, I think I was the only person who was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is probably the kick out the door that I needed because I had a very comfortable job with great benefits and great working conditions. And um, it was hard to leave. My passion wasn't in it. I was just doing sort of, we call it sausage work, graphic design, where (laughs) you're really just updating ads and stuff each week. And, yeah, there wasn't heaps of creativity. And I'm like, I've got to leave this job. I've really got to go and do something else. But um, it was just comfortable. And, yeah, it was that being made redundant was what started this whole thing and getting the residency at the gallery, which moved into Anchor the Way. And, um, yeah, it's just sort of evolved as it's gone along. I love it. I think it's it's uh, exciting and, and everyone out, like I remember years growing up, you know, and, and doing lots of different types of jobs and working in sort of the traditional workspaces. And then you see those times of the year where they have the restructure and then everyone gets walked into an office and you think, oh, who's who's staying and who's going? But there was always an element yeah. of of negativity around it and fear and people, you know, that put everything into the one basket and rely on their employment to keep them going and not knowing what to do. And for me, like I think, and maybe it's just from my own journey and, and the things that I've done and also just doing this podcast as well, where um, mm-hmm. you learn and you get to see what other people have been, uh, been able to do with their own hands. And you think yeah. like something like a redundancy is the push that a lot of people may need because they're forced to have to think outside the box. They're forced to have to really heavily consider what do they actually want to do with, with their life. You know, and, and a lot yeah. of us are just cruising along and we're just doing a job that's, yeah, that's good enough. Like it's, 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 it's ticking the boxes and we're, we're content enough as it is, but not, mm-hmm. uh, not a hundred percent content. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of these situations that do arise that are outside of our control actually end up being some of the best things that can happen to us. Yeah. Yep. Really <laughs> well, maybe everyone listening will get made redundant. Probably this far. <laughs> Here's the mess. Everyone cross your fingers. Plant the seeds with your bus <laughs> to get redundant. Yeah. I, I think it's a really cool story and it's, it's, there's a lot of things that people can get out of this. And, um, you know, I think there's a, a lot more people out there that are willing to take a, a, a little risk and, and sometimes the risk isn't as big as what people think it is. And I think you've taken a really good approach just due to your own circumstances and taking step by step and gradually just building, building what you're doing and to be able to get to a point now where you, you've got the best of both worlds and, um, yeah. and, and you're making it work. I think, I think it's fantastic. And that's, that's, I think what success is. Yeah, it's definitely my hot tip is um, start small, start within your means, um, especially within your budget. And if you've got no budget, go, well, what can I do with my hands that doesn't require me to buy materials or whatever it is that you want to do? And just, yeah, start small and then invest what you make back into your business. So I make very little still but I keep growing my business at this point. Like we just got in a bunch of, I always say we, even though it's just me, it's just a habit <laughs> I have. <laughs> I just got in like all this new screen printing equipment um, a little while ago. So we can, I can print more 
colors on t-shirts so I can speed up the production and stuff like that but yeah there's no way I would have been able to afford it a couple of years ago or five years ago when I started like not a chance um but yeah so I, I know I can make money out of that and Within the last six months, I think from investing in this equipment, I've pretty much almost paid it off. So that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, really cool. Well, I think um, yeah, all my muso mates will probably be uh, their ears have pricked up and they go, "Okay, interesting uh, screen yeah. printing. Let's go and have a look into yeah, that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and even me, I had a quick look through on your page on your website for screen printing. I went. Eh. Interesting. Okay, cool. And yeah, uh, yeah. very, very reasonable uh, pricing as well. And that's always a hard yeah, thing. Being, sure. being in a band, you well, sort of bands go. Can, bands can even come in and print. Like I can set everything up for them and then they can just print the shirts if they want. Bring in like a case of beer, print the shirts. We do album covers. Um, so some of the bands like come in and album covers and sign them or maybe add like get the highlighters out and add a few like highlights just to customise them. I don't know if um, you've heard of Thomas Hazelmeyer. He oh. does all the Melbourne's artwork yep. over in the States. So he always gets like King Bozo and Dale to come in and help him print the album covers and then they'll write like little messages. So each of the collectible Melbourne's vinyls will have like little notes and stuff in them. They're all different, like this slightly addition variation. That's and a, I think that's, that's cool so idea. cool. That is awesome. Because people are going more on Spotify with the Melbourne's people want that record because they're going to get a little note in it. They're, that's going to be collectible. It's like limited to maybe two or 300 copies. So yeah, they've found a way to make people want the physical product over the digital. So I think that's great. Oh, I think, I think we might have to have a different conversation uh, sometime in the near future because uh, playing, in a, <laughs> playing in a band myself, I'm always looking for something that's got uh, a little point of difference, something that's a little bit different and uh, something that attracts attracts the, the listener and the fan to, to what you yep. do as a band. So I, I like that. My The, the cogs are turning. <laughs> so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to come back to you on that one. But that's really cool. And um, I'll put all the links on in the show notes and people when they're listening to this podcast, they can scroll down. They'll have all the links to your website and the social media pages. But um, Trina, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. And thanks, everyone who's listening. Thanks, folks. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Trina. And if you want to reach out to Trina and learn more about her, her artwork, and her business, you can go to anchorsawayartstudio.com or you can go to ponchoarmy.com. There's a bunch of social media links and everything else that we discussed in this episode in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au, including my key takeaways. Number one, finding opportunity in your environment. When realising that her residency with the Wollongong City Art Gallery was coming to a close, Trina needed to think quickly about what she was going to do next. Whilst still in residency and having the opportunity to utilise a free studio space, Trina began to run workshops to teach others about art, which then set her up to transition out of that space and move into doing her own thing. So, keeping Trina's story in mind, are you working or living in an interim space at the moment? While it might not be perfect for what you want to do long term, how can you maximize the location that you have now that can then set you up for bigger and better things down the track? Things such as a temporary office, workshops, storage, creative space, the list goes on. There's so many different options that you could consider. Focus on what you can control rather than what you can't control. 
Number two, creating income from a personal need or problem. Trina needed to purchase art supplies for her workshop, and at the time, the materials needed were not readily available in the area. Trina was able to set up some wholesale deals with supplies to address her own problems of obtaining stock, but she also made the decision to sell her supplies in the local area as a retailer. This decision brought an extra revenue streaming for the business and an extra value add for her customers. Number three, word of mouth can cut through the noise. Advertising and marketing can be a really, really dirty business. We are constantly bombarded with hard sales on a daily basis and it's such a volume that we often pay little attention to them. Word of mouth, as many of us know, is an effective way of gaining trust through recommendation and grabbing the attention of your target audience by cutting through that noise. This is always a hard thing to kickstart, but as Trina said in our chat, she surrounds herself with extroverts who can go out there and talk about her business in a positive light, which builds trust and loyalty. Last one, number four, start small, patience is key. One of the best things about Trina's story is the incremental progress and growth that was made by reinvesting her earnings back into the business. Trina didn't take out any loans and has been playing the long game to keep the overheads low and ensure that she's working within her own lane. While yes, this might not be ideal for everyone depending on the business, there are heaps of us out there who can happily start off small and use time to our advantage by gradually building our business dollar by dollar. And those were my key takeaways from this chat with Trina Collins of Anchors Away Art Studio in Wollongong. As mentioned earlier, you can go to the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. We can see all those key takeaways, plus additional links and resources there for you to learn more about Trina and all of her work. But that's it, folks. Another episode in the bag. Thank you so much for the ongoing support. Please keep those guest recommendations coming. And until next fortnight, keep taking action, keep stepping forward, and we will speak very, very soon. Larry. Larry, please.